Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Oh, that's our guy on the Sabres beat. Our Paul Hamilton joining us here on the Western Hotline from Columbus, from Montreal to Columbus. And Paul, we've had... We've had quite an eventful day in here. We've actually managed to talk a lot of hockey, and it's the second time pretty recently that it hasn't made me want to like slam my head in a doorway. Uh, it's been it's been fun. I mean, we're reminiscing largely, and so that that's why it works. Uh, but you know this, obviously. There's some significant uh, occurrences within the game of hockey that have uh, taken place on this date through history. Uh, most recently, Terry Pagula's a, you know, introduction uh, as the new owner of the team happened on this day in 2011. Uh, on this day in 2007, there was the famous Ottawa Buffalo brawl. 44 years ago, we've got Miracle on Ice. We're only one day removed from 50 years removed from our 50-year anniversary of the of the tragic death of Tim Horton on the way home from Toronto to Buffalo on the QEW uh, in a car accident. Anyway, a significant day in hockey. But here's the here's the here's the thing that blew my mind. Zach had no idea that you were a good enough hockey player to have been. I don't know how close would you say you were to making the 1980 U.S. Olympic team. Top sixty. All right. That's I'd say that's pretty yeah. damn close. Yeah, we uh, broke into four teams, fifteen players on a team. Uh, it was a. It was in uh, St. Paul, so there was maybe 200-some-odd people there, and Brooks was up at, up top with maybe 13 coaches and scouts. Never never talked to him or addressed the team or anything like that. And then they broke it into four teams and played games for the rest of the weekend, and then the next 25 were invited to Colorado Springs. Zach wants to know why you don't say this every time you're on the air, and I, I, I know the answer to that because you know you're not you're not the sort of person that would would you know hey I was you know uh, but I mean pretty cool and like to to see what the college game has become must be something from your perspective too because I, I don't know what it was like when you were playing for Iowa State back then um, and all these other guys that were in schools that you know maybe are more um, more more familiar to fans of college hockey but I mean I don't know I was 14 in 1980 so I wasn't at at college age but 
I had no idea really about college hockey uh, in 1980. I don't know yeah, how many hockey fans did. Yeah, because there's not, you know, the internet or anything like that, and it wasn't on TV. You could still watch a college football game on ABC, like on Saturday, so you kind of could watch college football. But, you know, most of those guys, I had no idea. who The one guy I did know who he was was Neil Broughton, only because the Minnesota State High School Championships are like crazy, and we played a lot. Yeah, he's up in Minnesota, St. Cloud and Bemidji, so we were there quite often, and it was on TV. So I happened to watch it when Neil Broughton was in it, and it was obvious he was yep. crazy good and hey, so much better than everybody else. Paul, can you do me? Can you do me a favor? Can you save that thought and have your phone handy? Our connection. This happens to me when I'm at home often enough. The connection is just really, really wonky, and I feel like I'm, 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 I'm hearing stuff from you, and maybe a lot of our audience is hearing stuff from you that they have never heard or have not heard in a long time. So Zach's going to try to call you, I think, unless we want to try to reset the. Uh, the the rig he's on, but I, I think if, if we we call Paul, maybe that might be might be the, the best way to go to try to get uh, to get to get that ironed out because we're having a a tougher time uh, hearing Paul. You know, it happens. I I know it happens uh, to me when I'm at home, uh, and I always feel crappy about it because you know we try to provide a <laughs> quality broadcast. Um, I started to mention this, but I'll mention it now while we're getting reconnected with Paul. Uh, the Horton thing, my, my friend, my Canadian friend, John Gale, is older than me by enough to have been at an age where he and some friends of his like found out um, about that accident and actually got to go like they, they went and saw the scene uh, of that accident 50 years ago with uh, with Tim Horton. All right. We've got we've got Paul. Can you? Put Paul up for me, please. Okay, there he is. Um, hi, Paul. Sorry about that. We we it was That's getting okay. getting garbled. So the experience, wherever you left off there. I mean, you were talking about Neil Broughton, uh, and we just um, kind of lost the plot there. So I'm not sure where we left off, but yeah, with Neil, you could just tell watching him in high school that he was so much better than everybody else. So that was probably the only one I had heard of, as far as you know. To me, it was just bunch of guys who play college hockey uh the only way you would have known any of them is if you would have played against them there are a couple i played against but not too many and um so yeah so you really didn't know what you were getting into to be quite honest with you yeah so uh and uh, you know you get there and you had no idea what what it was going to be or what was going to happen and uh, i actually happened to have a broken bone on the top of my foot which they had to freeze so i could tie my skate um, so I actually had my skate on for most of the day, uh, <laughs> once, once I got it on because you weren't, what the problem was you couldn't walk, but you could skate because you're, you don't bend that bone when you're skating, right? but you do when you walk. So, you know, but you know, fine. I mean, I, I was fine. I, I felt I did the best I could. I could see the difference in players, you know, the ones that are really, really good, I could skate with all of them. There wasn't any problem with skating with them. It was they can put a puck in a hole. I'd like to puck. That's all I need. And it's in the net. I need, like, maybe two feet on one side, two feet on the other. (laughs) Right, right, right. Type of a thing. And and that was the biggest difference I saw where – and I can't go end-to-end, you know, that type of thing. 
where a couple of those guys could. So, you know, that you could see once you got into a situation like that where the differences were. Right. Well, so from there, once you didn't make the team, like, did you, how, how closely were you brokenhearted about it or did you like really follow well, because, the 1980 Olympic team? No, I followed because I knew I did the best I could. I, I really like rose to the occasion and I, I don't think I could have done any better. Right. So I I was quite at peace with the way it all went, and it's like, all right, I there were players that were better than me there, you know, I get that, but you know, I was proud with what with where, sure. where it ended, with how, how how I did, and it was a great experience to be there for that weekend, and uh, you know, we just move on. Right. So, how do you remember watching the Olympics, and in particular the Miracle on Ice game, that uh, you know that was, was such an incredible incredible thing. Well, as you know, it was so much different back then. There weren't five channels following the, and you know you could basically have it on twenty-four hours a day if you wanted to. Uh, it was basically, if I recall, I think it was ABC back then running it. Yes, that's and right. And that's all you—that's all you got to see was what was on ABC, and it was, of course, tape delayed, and and you know you weren't seeing it in live action, and but it was also if you wanted to, you could unless you were watching the news or something like that, you could not know what's going on in the game because, again, there's not Twitter to tell you, uh, you know, right. what's, what's going on or anything like that. So, uh, but, it, you know, the Olympic coverage, you just didn't get all that much. It was what ABC was going to show you during prime time, and that's basically it back then. Right, yeah, and the game was on tape delay here. Do you remember – the 1980, like I don't, I don't know when I first got cable, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't 1980. Um, so I, I don't know how you know. We we certainly watched Canadian television. I, I remember hearing over the years that this game was on the Canadian TV coverage of the Olympics live. So people around here may have had access to it and seen it and knew the result. I knew the result before the game ended, and I ruined it for a friend of mine's dad who came to pick us up at, like, a school dance or something. He came during the intermission, like, come on, hurry up, get in the car. I want to get home to see the third period of this game. USA's hanging with Russia. And I'm like, oh, they win. Uh, that went over Why great. Why would you say that? Because uh, I'm an idiot. I don't know. I was 14. I didn't know, Paul. We weren't – we weren't – this is before VCRs. Like, we weren't in a, like, I'm taping it so I'm going to watch it later era of sports. I mean, I just didn't – I had no idea. I don't remember how I came to have the information that they had won. I just knew that I knew it. And when this when this friend's dad brought it up, I'm like, I just couldn't wait to tell him. I, I wasn't thinking I was being a jerk. But, you know, in retrospect, obviously, you know, it's kind of regrettable. <laughs> well, I didn't get the Canadian. I was at school when that was going on, so I didn't have the Canadian version either. I was right. too far away to, to get Canadian TV. So basically for me, it was whatever ABC showed. And so you watched it not knowing on tape delay on ABC without knowing the result, right? Correct. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. That's that's that, that's that's the way to go about it. Um, how how I mean, you've lived through it. You were a part of uh, the tryout camp. How important in the history of USA hockey an event like? Do, do you feel like college hockey would be where it is now, regardless? Or was it a seminal event for the sport in the United States as you see it? It might be where it is anyway, but it, I think it helped fault it, and it really helped open people's eyes. And it might have been the most embarrassing moment 
in the history, I think it was called the Soviet Union back then, mm-hmm. uh, of the Soviet Union in their Olympic history. I mean, those players were basically exiled. Uh, they, they were, they were, it was a complete and utter embarrassment to the country. And they couldn't believe that it actually happened. That a bunch of young punk college kids came in and, you know, beat their, it was their veteran team, you know, their veteran mm-hmm. Olympic team. And, uh, you know, that, that was a big thing back then too. It's like, how come they can show up with basically a pro team and the U S has to show up with college kids? you know, type of a thing, whether, no matter what sport we were talking about. Right. And I, I remember the, when I went to the Los Angeles summer Olympics, Michael Jordan was playing, but that was when um, he was in college. And right. that also was when the Russians weren't there. Uh, the boycott was right. That year. right. So basically the U S just, you know, pranced through and they were fine, but it, there was still college kids back then. Yeah. The other two significant occurrences within the world of hockey and Buffalo hockey that happened are much more recent than Miracle on Ice. Uh, I don't know. Any, anything to offer that you remember that's unique about the brawl in 07 or the introductory news conference with Terry Pagula in 2011? All I remember about Terry Pagula is crying about the French connection, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really remember much else. And then as far as the brawl, I mean, that was just, you know, Lindy Ruff was losing his mind over there. And you could see the players that were coming on the ice. So I I really wasn't expecting it to go crazy like it did. I definitely wasn't expecting Martin Baron to be out there challenging a guy who has boxing boxing experience in the other net. Um, You know, so uh, just the the path that the whole thing took is like, okay, buckle up, here we go, right? You know, type of thing. And uh, yeah, it it took a different complexion than I thought it was going to once those players got on the ice. I will admit that back then I didn't know. I mean, I knew what I know. Ray Ray Emery had boxers on either side of his mask, but I didn't know that he had the reputation for being like the likes to fight guy, uh, like I do now. In in and since his his passing a few years ago, so like when Peters goes in to to to, to sort of save Marty from round two of that, uh, I'm like, oh man, I don't know, big time fighter fighting the goalie. I isn't that kind of against the code? But I get it now. All these years later, I mean, Emery was a Emery was a was a kind of a badass. And and when you watch it again, Emery loved it. Yeah, he was laughing the whole right. time he was fighting Peters. I mean, he was he was all over it. He's like, "All right, let's do this." Yes, and you could tell like he was having fun <laughs> as Peters came over. Sicko! So it's like, <laughs> I don't want to fight this skinny little goalie over here. That you right. know, uh, yeah, Peters is here. Let's go. Let's do this. Right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you for indulging all of that. We've got just a, a, a couple of minutes. Um, didn't get to spend the night in Montreal. Like, it's, it's right on to Columbus, huh? Is that, that That's the deal? Yeah. And then, you know, you have to go through customs and all that. So it was a pretty late night getting getting back here to Columbus. Not a long flight, but it's a longer flight when you, you know, have to do it the way you had to do it with, with uh, yep. first of all, with you know, the dads and, 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 and uh, mentors here. You got a lot more people that you got to get through. Uh, so it's, but that's great. I mean, that's great for the players that they're here. I'm not 
saying anything bad about her, begrudging sure. them. It just take it just takes longer. That's all. Right. Uh, so you know they got here and they had a, a optional practice today, and they're out doing activities with their dads today, and then they'll have the game tomorrow, and it'll it'll be done. All right. Awesome. Well, what, what what kind of marks would you give them for last night? I mean, they they found a way. Yeah, they did. I didn't think, you know, I know they were being, they only got four shots in the third period, but I never sat there and said they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Same. You know, like yep. halfway through the shots were five, nothing. The, and they were letting the Canadians, their Canadians defensemen like to shoot the puck from the point. And the Sabres are basing, okay, go ahead. You know, do that. And it was just a, a huge amount of shot attempts by their defensemen. A lot of them were off the back wall of the glass. Both their goals came from the point. Um, I think I read somewhere that the, the percentage of goals that their defensemen score leads the NHL. That's their percentage that they score as a team. Uh, so they were pretty content to do that. So the shots were like 5 nothing halfway through the period. The Sabres are doing a pretty nice job. They gave up a couple of great A's. One, just because... You unfortunately fan on a pass up ice, and that almost wound up in the net. But Lukanen made a great save, bailed him out. Uh, and then there was two others, one tip by Anderson that Lukanen made a great save on. It was the save of the night. Uh, but for the most part, the Sabres were in the puck. And they were like, all right, we're just going to safety. And they would just flip it back out to yep. and make the Canadians go back and start over again. So I really got the sense of, uh uh-oh, they're in trouble here. And then they did get a couple of shots. They were actually pretty quality chances by uh, uh, Thompson and Tuck that uh, they got down there and and at least got a couple of them and at least got a little bit of zone time. But it it just wasn't one of those things where I I thought they were being dominated in the third period, even though uh, they only had four shots by the end of it. I agree with you, Paul. All right, let's, uh, let's plan to do this again tomorrow around the same time. What do you say? Okay, maybe this thing will work. Maybe it won't. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have full confidence, Paul. Uh, the Columbus Arena is a state-of-the-art facility. There's not going to be any problem at all. <laughs> Thanks for this, man. I really appreciate reminiscing and, and opening up about your, your college career, too. Really, really fun. Thanks. No problem. Take care. That's our man, Paul Hamilton, on the Western Hotline. His reports on WGR are brought to you by Equitable Advisors, thinking about today and planning for tomorrow, and by Relax Honda Relax. We got this. We'll take a timeout and get back to some football here. Our buddy Joe Goodberry was with us earlier today. Rundown on the Bengals. Pretty interesting offseason for them. Is Joe Burrow injury prone? T. Higgins and the franchise tag. A lot to pour over uh, with Joe. We'll do that and have that for you after this on WGR. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. 
The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.